Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. And Parker Fleming has been kind enough to join me. I, I guess I'm excited. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have Parker Fleming join us for the show. Parker, we've been waiting now for four and a half months. How excited are you? The season is finally here. It's tonight. Tonight. I'm excited. Yes. yes. Excited. I just I just watched Grayson Allen ball out with the Milwaukee Bucks. They laid the smack down. One of uh, the draft guys that I really liked in the 2020 draft, Jordan Nuara, he hooped tonight too. So I'm feeling pretty good rolling into the season. But now after this podcast, I got to see if one of my newer islands, Jordan Poole, busts out for a big game or if Moses Moody gets a little bit of run in this game. So I'm excited for some regular season basketball. Well, of course, we always like to get things a little bit more pumped up, a little music going into the veins. Welcome to the season preview and the opening day of the Grizzlies season. Here with Parker Fleming to join me. Let's get it going here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Parker, I tell all the folks that join me that I mixed that myself. That was that was my off-season commitment was to get better at audio and video stuff, mixing it myself. You believe me, correct? Yeah, I believe yeah, you. Yeah, you're okay. I, yeah, yeah, you're not. That was a that was a banger. I think I'm gonna listen to that every day on my way to my workout. Yeah. The sincerity is not showing in your voice at all. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. As always, it's a pleasure to join you. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, wherever podcasts are available on YouTube. Hit that subscription, the subscribe button below. Because one of the great reasons why you should do that, it lets you and others be able to enjoy when I have great guests on, such as Parker Fleming. Now, Let's 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 set the stage here a little bit. So the Grizzlies had a very active offseason. However, it ended on a very, very awesome note with the signing of Jaron Jackson Jr. But that was not the ultimate highlight of the Grizzlies offseason. The ultimate highlight was when Memphis Media's own Parker Fleming took it upon himself. I believe the album covered was called Certified Lover Boy. The competition between Drake and then Donda with Kyrie, or excuse me, Kyrie, with uh, uh, Kanye, with Kanye. Kanye's Donda versus Certified Lover Boy. People have their differing opinions about which album is better. But the album cover for that, Parker Fleming took it upon himself to create a, a cover of that, a similar art sketch with John Morant in tech suits, and it now is in T-shirt form. We have all had our accomplishments this NBA offseason. I don't know if anybody can touch that, Parker. It was a stroke of genius. You know, I really appreciate that. It was just one of those, the album was coming out the next day. I'm like, somebody's got to do this. I, <laughs> I think it needs, I think I can do this. And I'm not a Photoshop genius, but I went into the Getty images that we have access to. And I was like, let's see what I can find here. Pieced it together with the different colors in the Certified Loverboy album and made some heat. Honestly, when you said that wasn't the only big move of the offseason, I was totally expecting you to say that the Grizzlies 
signing Eve Ponds to a two-day contract was the biggest, uh, biggest deal of the summer. And I was about to log off. I was about to all right, I'm like, all right, I can't do this right now. But I appreciate the praise. I believe the phrase is gassing up, uh, gassing up your friends, gassing up your homies, or something I like that. So, got to do it. Yeah, got to do it on video for sure. Um, all joking aside, uh, that was a highlight of the offseason. But there's a reason why we have Parker here. He absolutely is one of the best minds when it comes to covering the Grizzlies. Drew Hill, Joe Molinax, Parker Fleming, some of my favorite folks. Always glad to have them. Parker, let's jump right into it. I've given my perspective on things. Drew and Joe, they found it to be unexpected. The big news Jaron Jackson Jr. signed long-term, in my opinion, one of the biggest moves the Grizzlies have ever made, but certainly a, 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 the first sign of the next step in this evolution of the Grizzlies. Yeah, I was ecstatic. I had actually kind of leaned more to the idea that the Grizzlies were going to be – the Jaron Jackson Jr. Grizzlies extension deal was always going to come down to the 11th hour. and. It's just one of those things where when it comes down to players that are like near max players and there's those negotiations of, like, okay, it's not going to be a max, but what's going to be the right number for you? They typically go on the last day. And I did a little bit of research of recent non-max rookie extensions that were signed at the deadline over the past several years. Steven Adams, Rudy Gobert, Jalen Brown, Jonathan Isaac, Buddy Heald, Demontis Sabonis, and Miles Turner. And a lot of the names I just mentioned were guys that ended up getting $100 million contracts like Jackson, or like in the case of Buddy Heald, he had like a $94 million one. I don't mean to interrupt, but Steven Jackson's was four-year 100, wasn't it? That was his That's rookie. Steven Adams, yeah. Steven Adams, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How, 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 crazy, how crazy is that? So similar. Good, Great point. Yeah, so just with Jackson, because like I honestly – you could disagree, but – I could have seen some form, some form of incentive-laden max deal like we saw with Michael Porter Jr., where it's like, okay, here's five years, 170 for Jaron Jackson Jr., but that's if he hits this, this, and this. More, It's guaranteed this, but this could be the most he makes. But also, too, I thought the Jalen Brown one was a very good barometer of what he would make. He had very similar production lines prior to the extension. And it was four years, 115. That's pretty good for a non-max deal. And Jalen Brown has made good on that promise. He's made steps the past two years and is now a 25-point-per-game score and one of the most dynamic wings in the NBA. And so I think the Grizzlies are looking for something similar with Jaron Jackson Jr. and hoping that he banks on that promise, hoping he stays healthy, and becomes that legitimate either 1A, 1B with Jaw or even just like the number two to Jaw. So I, I was ecstatic. It really lifted me up while I was in the airport because it's just been a long thir like 30-ish hours. And I was like, okay, yes, the extension's done. Let I'm good now. I'm good. Yeah, and, and it was it was awesome to see. And there's also added value to it. Obviously, the risk versus the reward, but if the play, uh, if he stays healthy and the play of Jaron Jackson Jr. improves, which is probably the most likely outcome of all this, you've got a bargain on this deal. But also the declining structure, the pre-injury exclusion stuff that's in there about if he does get injured, a bit of protection, but also 
Unlike where we saw, what we see in Phoenix, unlike what we see in Charlotte, and unlike what we see in Cleveland, where others did not sign their extension, this isn't a narrative going into this season. This isn't something that's brought up if Jaron Jackson Jr. struggles. I think the structure of the deal and getting it done now adds some value to it that the Grizzlies can take advantage of right from the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we saw the John Collins situation last year. And granted, it worked out. He got his money five years, 125. But now Phoenix is entering into a situation where they, they, they're coming off a finals appearance, their first playoff appearance in almost a decade. And DeAndre Ayton played a big role in that. I mean, defending Anthony Davis, uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, attacking the small ball with the Clippers. And he, ha- he didn't – nobody can really succeed guarding Giannis, but, I mean, he was their guy that did that. And now they're trying to play around with this money. And granted, I'm not going to go and say that DeAndre Ayton is worth a max. I don't think he's gotten that distinguishment yet. But, I mean, you got to pay your players that mean a lot to you. They did that with Mikhail Bridges. They they took care of him. Uh, Chris Paul, he got a max contract. And that's a whole different side note. But – I don't like the idea of that lingering over the head because I saw a Phoenix reporter report today saying that DeAndre Ayton wasn't going to speak to the media today. So imagine if you would have had that lingering over Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, wouldn't everything else that you're looking forward to, anything exciting going into the season, wouldn't that be kind of nullified by that cloud of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s restricted free agency? Wouldn't that just kind of hang over all of it? And, of course, also you don't have a finals run as well to, like, lean back on. And Phoenix absolutely should have paid DeAndre eight. And I get from a skill standpoint or from a you know track record standpoint, if you don't feel so far, he's there. But in my opinion, he certainly did deserve it. But the other thing about Jaron Parker, and you've kind of led the charge on this over at GBB with, you know, several very w- well-written pieces, as all of your work is. But the thing about it is, obviously, is that, okay, we've got Jaron long-term locked in. You have been a big advocate for him at the five. I, myself, in plenty of conversations, I do feel, yes, that's the best-case scenario. Do I feel it's going to happen in the next one or two years with certainty? I don't know if I'd go that far just as of yet. But does this change the importance? Make it more important, make it less important, what have you. It seems like perhaps the best way to make the most of this deal is certainly him at the five long-term, especially with what Taylor Jenkins wants to do on the court. Yeah, you can, you can go either way. I mean, I could see, you know, I can see the Steven Adams thing kind of being a template for what the Grizzlies want to do, where they have a guy kind of in, I'll kind of compare it to OKC. Like you had a guy like Kendra Perkins in that role, that early enforcer got things going for you, set hard screens, got rebounds, stuff like that. But when it came down to crunch time, they ended up moving James Harden into that lineup and then moving Serge Ibaka down to the five. And I think you can see something like that with Jaron Jackson Jr. down the road. And the Grizzlies have a lot of internal solutions where they can lean either way. I mean, they have Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark if they want to roll with Jackson at the five, but they also have Adams and Tillman if they want to go with Jackson at the four. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing with that is more just with his rebounding and his fouling. But, I mean, like you said, with it's something Taylor Jenkins would want, but it's also something that you really want from – the modern big man. I mean, you can go small without sacrificing size because Jaron Jackson Jr. is as big or bigger than those centers right now. 
but also too with his three point shooting prowess and not just his efficiency, but how often he lets them fly. You're taking a lot of those traditional big men away from the paint. And just imagine what it does to open up everything else for driving lanes, for cutting. It just really enhances the Grizzlies offense. And I think that can help propel the Grizzlies to the next level as a team and also just as an offense in general. And that's certainly something that's there and the offense is there, but also we hope certainly that the defense is there with Jaron Jackson Jr. And we're going to talk with Parker in just a second about how this contract may impact future decisions as well. But speaking of Jaron Jackson Jr. improving his blocks, I've got an idea for you when it comes to you potentially being someone that suffers from excessive sweat when it comes to the summer. I know that the fall is here, but obviously when warm weather is out and about, sweat block is certainly something that could help you deal with excessive sweating. It's got a dry shirt guarantee where it could keep you up to seven days. If it doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. It's been on the Rachel Ray Show and tested. It's been on Amazon for over 10 years, a bestseller for a decade with over 13,000 reviews. And the great thing is, is that you can get your confidence back due to sweat block wipes. It should be a part of anybody's toiletry bag. And if you go to sweatblock.com right now, you can put in the promo code locked on and get 20% off your next order of sweat block. Also, you can find it on Amazon at CVS. Get your confidence back when the weather is warm. Try out sweat block today. Listen, we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But unfortunately, for some, such as myself and others, unfortunately, this time it's Parker. We're all big college football fans here in the Mid South, and my team played Parker's team this past Saturday. Parker's team wound up being the victor. We won't get into why. But obviously, whoever your college football team or pro football team is, check out the Locked On Podcast Network show for that team. Make that your second listen of the day. I know that Parker wants to be able to enjoy Ole Miss's victory like crazy. I want to sit here and just look forward to, oh, Alabama with Locked On Vols. But regardless of who you cheer for, make sure to check out your favorite Locked On NFL or college football show. Parker, the other thing I want to get your opinion on, as I talked about it a bit yesterday, is that you've got Jaron Jackson Jr. in place now. Next summer, obviously, is going to probably start being pretty active. You're going to get the jaw extension agreed to, but you also got some decisions with Stephen Adams being expiring, Dylan Brooks being expiring, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson leaving. Do you feel that how Jaron Jackson performs, whether he needs to stay at the four or perhaps can play the five with certainty, could that impact the long-term futures of players, of veterans such as Kyle Anderson or Steven Adams, or is it is that not necessarily that big of a connection point for the futures of Adams or Anderson here long-term? I would say that it affects Adams more than because – if let's say Adams has a decent bounce back season that we all expected, all expect because there's more spacing that, that new Orleans thing was really murky. I, nobody really liked it. And if preseason is any indicator, I mean, it's not the end all be all, but if it's any indicator, he's going to be better for this team than he was in new Orleans. He, he could defend out in space. He's no Bam out of bio or Draymond green, but he could defend out in space a little bit. Uh, is it, he kind of reminded, like, had a little flashes of a little, like, Gasol brother with his passing at the top of the key. His offensive touches with his field goal attempts, it was really only dump offs off screen and rolls, a post up here and there, and then putbacks. Like, that's exactly what you want from a center if you're going to have Jackson at the four. But if you have Jackson at the five long term, if you want to make him your full term 
uh, starting five. That's going to affect Adams a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would say so. But also if he bounces back this season, it could also increase his value. With Anderson, it's tough. I think his is less tied to Jackson unless Jackson's commitment is the uh, is the four. But even then, I think you could have Anderson as the backup four. I think the performances and the plans for Brandon Clark and Zaire Williams have a bigger tie to Kyle Anderson's future than, uh, than Jaron Jackson's because – with Zaire, if he's a little more ready than usual, by a little more ready, I'm not, I'm not meaning like ready to start, but if he's a guy that you can put in as your ninth man immediately, that kind of changes things a little bit because he could play the three, and there's already kind of that murkiness a little bit with Clark, Tillman, and Anderson competing for front court minutes whenever any everyone's healthy. And also, too, at Brandon Clark, if he bounces back too, there's a decent chance he could end up meeting or exceeding Kyle Anderson in the pecking order. So I think those two players affect Anderson's future more than Jackson affects it. I think you bring up a great point, and that was actually going to be one of my next questions, is who do you feel perhaps steps up who's not in a defined role right now? Listen, we know that you know Bain and Melton are likely going to start when Dylan comes back. One of them will be the sixth man with Kyle Anderson. You figure Xavier Tillman's the backup big, obviously, Tyus Jones is the backup point guard. Well, that gives you nine rotation players. And then you look at Brandon Clark and Zaya Williams. So it makes sense you think that those guys are next. But before we get into that, obviously the big story of the year is John Morant. And you mentioned it, the space being able to be created. Myself, I've talked about the ability for Jaw to improve his pull-up three-point shooting, creating his own shot from three. That boosted his three-point shot last year. You and others have pointed out, Drew Hill pointed it out on Friday, more of the mid-range pop game may make sense for Ja Morant. And if he does both, you've certainly got a three-level score. Your faith in Ja and how big of an impact on his season can his ability from all three levels really make this a special season and make this the jump many want from Ja you know, moving forward? I mean, I think, I think Drew hit the nail on the head that the mid-range – that's massive because you look at how teams were defending John Morant in the pick and roll, and they were going under a lot. And with John Morant and how they're bringing their pick and roll offense further out to like the four point line that I wrote about today on Grizzly Bear Blues, he has a little more of that wiggle room and the launch pad to get to that mid range a lot easier. And when teams start respecting that, teams or de- defenders are going to come out a little further on him. And next thing you know, he has that spacing to where he can attack and just drive all and get all the way to the basket. That I think the mid range is going to be the biggest thing with John Morant, because that's a staple in a lot of guards games. Uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, CJ McCollum. Those are just a few I, I'm going to name before I can go on about it. But if he can get into that mid-range, it's just going to unlock everything else in his game off the drive or potentially from three-point because now that it's like, okay, well, he's going to go for the mid-range shot. Let me get up just a smidge more. And next thing you know, he has the comfort level to hit pick-and-roll three-pointers. So I, I that that's probably the biggest thing from preseason that you could take away from Morant is that mid-range game because nobody is expecting him to be 
this Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry guy that is drilling 28, 30-footers from the top of the key off the dribble. Just attack. Just do your thing. Like a, Continue attacking in the mid-range. Attack inside the arc. I think Ryan Russillo from the Ringer had a very good comparison for him and called him point guard Giannis with his relentlessness and his mentality and his ability to attack inside the arc. And I, I think the mid-range game is a perfect way to build upon that and to make a, a more efficient, more deadly offensive, offensive weapon. Yeah, I think that the way that you could look at it, the trajectory from him, if he could start to show indications of the numbers that De'Aaron Fox put up last year, but perhaps with a little bit more reliable shot, which I think Ja can create, that's where you're getting into someone who's averaging 22, 23, and 8 assists tonight, and that's certainly a historic player. The other thing that I'll ask you is this. Obviously, we know that you are a big advocate. I believe you still own the most real estate on Dylan Brooks Island, if I yes. were to be correct. Yes. We have talked and we have talked about the front court. Obviously, we've talked about Jaw, but it seems like the biggest area of variety, the biggest possible area of outcomes for the Grizzlies this year is the play of the trio of Dylan Brooks, um, DeAnthony Melton, and Desmond Bain, the supporting cast on the perimeter for the Grizzlies, especially when it comes to shooting the three themselves. How do you feel the Grizzlies should prioritize featuring the offense of those players? We know Dylan and DeAnthony are going to be big parts of our defense. That's an area Dylan or Desmond is improving. But how would you utilize their strengths on offense among that trio to support Jaw? So with Dylan, I just say keep letting him do what he's doing. I think his shot attempts will go down just a little bit just because of Moran's aggressiveness and also how they're going to look to feature Jaron Jackson in the offense, but also easing Dylan Brooks back in from injury. I mean, a hand injury is no joke. I mean, he's going to have to ease, ease himself in. But if he could continue playing within himself, and one thing he did a very good job of in the second half of the season and the postseason as even though he was taking a lot of shots, there was a lot more control with his shots, a lot better shot selection. So just continuing to tap into that mid-range, continue to be poised and patient when hunting for your shots in the mid-range. Because I know like his three-point numbers were encouraging, and he did say he wants to improve on creating for the three-point line. And I think that would be great. But he's the only wing on the team who can muscle his way into a mid-range shot. And I think having a wing that can create at three levels is too valuable. I don't want to restrict him to just being a three and D guy. Let him, let him cook. There's been plenty of times over the past two seasons where he has won games, just being Dylan Brooks and looking for a shot, staying aggressive. And I don't want to take that away from him. And uh, D'Anthony Melton, just, I, I guess his three point shooting continue building on that. I think, Planning in the neighborhood of like 37 to 42% would be very good and, accept, and uh, expected from him. But just continuing to create offense out on the transition, create continuing to use his defense to uh, generate offense, I'm really just excited to see what he can do in more minutes. I, I really hope that he can get more minutes and kind of get into like that 25-30 territory instead of that 20 to 25 or even like 18 to 22. Like I, I hope that he can really get more minutes and really tap into some of that uh, per, per, uh, per possession, per minute production because he is one fun per possession player because 
you you love Stathead more than anyone. It's literally in your bio or in your Twitter handle, Stats S A C. You can you can put some pretty fun queries to get DeAnthony Melton in some unique company. I did it all year last year. It was so much fun talking about when it came to a non-starter, like the 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 how many times has DN as a bench player had four threes, three steals, and three rebounds and three assists and a half? Mr. Do something, I believe Anthony Sane uh, gave him that nickname. So yes, you are exactly correct. It's staying active. But I've asked a question before, and it seems like the unanimous decision or the unanimous answer is which Grizzlies development this year is most important to our future remaining as bright as possible besides Jod, D- uh, Jaron, and Dylan? And the unanimous answer is, of course, Desmond Bain. I'll ask your opinion on that, but I'll also add this extra question. Take the nine rotation players, the starters plus Tillman and Melton and Kyle Anderson and Tyus Jones. Take those to the side. You mentioned Zaire and Brandon Clark. Those guys plus any of the guys maybe in South Haven to it, whatever. If Desmond Bain is the most important development for our future to stay as bright as possible, what player, not in the rotation right now, do you feel six months from now we feel will clearly be a part of the rotation in the future? I think it's Brandon Clark. I Honestly, I, I think he – I know people kind of pit uh, Xavier Tillman and, and Brandon Clark against each other when it comes to like rotation decisions and stuff. And honestly, I think if you're going based off like preseason performance and such, Brandon Clark outplayed Xavier Tillman. And there's a good argument that he also outplayed Kyle Anderson as well. And I think we're really going to see, you know, the effects of not having a season where, I mean, we saw that the Grizzlies had, what, 40 games in 71 nights? No, very little back-to-back. So for guys like Brandon Clark, who were dealing with nagging injuries throughout the season, that's very little recovery time. That's very little time to get practice and also just to kind of regain your form, be able to kind of find your mojo in a non-game setting. I think that's something that we we really underestimated in player evaluation this past season, and I really think that Brandon Clark could have a bounce back here. And I think he'll get the chance to do so as an opening night rotation player and that that's how I feel at least I think with Zaire it's tough to say because he's so raw he's so young and the Grizzlies already have so many players ready to go right now and I, but I think Brandon Clark is best positioned to be that guy that goes from if he rotation play at least if he Grizzlies rotation player I think he's a bonafide NBA rotation player would you say I think that he is a bona fide rotation player that I hope does not lose value this season. I agree yeah. with you 150%. I just, the hope that I, I've said it before, There's go, it's going to be hard to get everybody minutes. I just hope the Grizzlies mm-hmm. find out a way to these players that they control multiple years. They don't wind up tanking the value of one of them. Not yeah. directly, but just because of a number attrition, basically. I hope that doesn't occur. I will say, I think we really, and I, I'm a victim of this as well. I think we're really uh, overlooking the fact that whenever we're coming up with these exercises for fully healthy rotations, like we're ex- expecting them to be fully healthy this all season and to have all these guys in every single night. We've seen that this team is very precautious when it comes to injury management, and I don't blame them. The goal in mind is sustainable success. 
And why would you play guys through injuries in risk of them getting a more significant one? So even if you're rolling into opening night and you have two of the three or three of the four of like Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, Zaire Williams, and John Conchar, like if you're looking at those guys being out of the rotation, they're still going to find minutes because the Grizzlies are going to have those random soreness injuries or just different sorts of injury management. And also it's, it's just a part of sports. I mean, players are going to get hurt. It, it sucks, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast. So it, it's not necessarily like a hammer to the, like the hammer nail coffin to a player's value or anything. I mean, we even saw last year, there was a little stretch where Xavier Tillman fell out of the rotation and then he got his chance took and he got it. He grabbed it by the horns and he stayed in the rotation when, when everything became fully healthy. And we, we saw that last year with, with him, with Anthony Melton, Grayson Allen. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of the same this season. I think you'll see a little more precaution to where, you know, a lot of these guys, I'd say like one through 13, like all the way down to uh, John Conchar, maybe Jarrett Culver. I don't know. Okay, let me ask you, who do you have as a 13th guy? Do you have Santi Aldama, Jarrett Culver, or Sam Merrill? Sam Merrill. Okay. With, uh, yeah, with, with Taylor Jenkins' preference on shooting Sam Merrill. Okay, I, I'm glad we're on the same page there. But, yeah, I, I just think we'll we'll get plenty of chances, and I think guys like Tillman and Zaire and Conchar and Tillman, they'll get those chances to showcase their value when it's needed the most. The Grizzlies have very much relished a next-man-up mentality over the past two seasons, and I don't see any of that changing this year. I'll tell you one thing, one of the reasons why I love to talk with Parker, he always has this very good ability. You can bet he's going to find a way to use the right words, such as using hammer, nail, coffin in honor of the wonderful voice of the Grizzlies, Pete Pranica. But I can tell you this as well. When it comes to betting and wagering on sports, one of the best ways you could do that is through betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports actions. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Parker, let me ask you this question. Are you someone that consistently wants to try to find a way to make your daily diet better? Is this leading to an ad? It but, may yeah. be. It may be. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 you are. It may be. It, it, all joking aside, Built Bar would be the answer to that question. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, it allows for you to be able to enjoy the health benefits of a very tasty treat. In the morning is breakfast and the afternoon as a snack. Go to Built.com right now. Choose from over 18 different flavors. We're hoping Dylan Brooks' scoring average is above that this year. But choose from over 18 different flavors as well as get 15% off your next order from Built Bar by going to Built.com and putting in the promo code LOCKED15. That's Built.com putting in the promo code LOCKED15. Obviously, tonight, me and Parker are going to be excited to be able to enjoy the first game of the Grizzlies season. So much to cover, so much excitement. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Grizzlies, we'll have the latest from the Grizzlies' first game against the Cavaliers and obviously preview their West Coast road trip. And that's where I want to kind of shift the focus to, Parker. Looking at this Cleveland team, I think a lot – I know I've talked a lot about it. I can only speak for myself. But I think a lot of people looking at the opening part of the schedule, 
it's that really tough West Coast swing against four playoff hopefuls that people are looking at. But this Cleveland team is, I think, going to be one of the more unexpected, exciting sources of basketball this year. So much good talent. They're healthy. I think this is going to be a bigger challenge than the law, the betting lines may suggest. I think the Grizzlies have to be focused. Don't think they'll overlook them, but I think that this is going to be a closer game than some might think tonight. I, I think so, too. Uh, when it comes to Cleveland, I just wonder how J.B. Bickerstaff goes about utilizing them. I mean, we've seen them roll out lineups where they're playing a guy that's more of a four-five combo at the three. And if they're doing that with Lori Markinen, whoever's the three, I don't care uh, if it's like if it's someone that's not the most athletic or anything like Kyle Anderson. I think he's going to feast. But I think they'll be really good. I think Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are fun. Uh, Evan Mobley is kind of like that Jaron Jackson kind of mold of a guy that's going to stretch the, the limitations of what a modern NBA big man is. But I think it'd be a good game. I just, I just think there's going to be just too much juice for the game. I, I can very much see the Grizzlies just running away with it. Uh, I think the line opened up that Grizzlies favored at seven. I, I think that's pretty solid. I think I can, I can see the Grizzlies covering that. Uh, but when it comes to this road trip, it's it will be very – it's a tough road trip. I mean, you got the Clippers, the Lakers back-to-back, and then you got the Trailblazers and the Warriors back-to-back. I think they split. I think they I think they beat the Clippers, and I think they beat the Blazers. But just those second halves of the back-to-backs against the Lakers and the Warriors, that's tough. That's very tough. Um, so I got them splitting and, but even then, if you're starting your season out three and two, by the time you're getting back for your little three game homestand against the heat and the nuggets, three and two is pretty solid to open up, especially considering that you're having a West coast road trip within your first five games. So. And this isn't something the Grizzlies have not ran into before. It's a little bit different. You know, last year you were without. A few players that you would hoped would certainly be a part of your rotation. This year, you're without Dylan. You're also without Jonas and Grayson, who obviously aren't coming back. But the Grizzlies have been here before where they have had to rely on their young depth. When you look at the start of this season, you just mentioned it. You felt probably maybe a 500 record or so through the first eight to ten games. And we always hear this team talk about not too high, not too low. I feel that one of the best combinations is don't get – cautious like stay aggressive even if the results are not there when it comes to the shooting take advantage of the repetitions of making the long distance shot high percentage distance shots a featured part of the offense that to me also is a big thing to watch that this team doesn't change its aggressiveness we talk we hear jaw talk about it all the time even if results are not there early on yeah i I don't think they'll get too high or too low i mean even if the road trip doesn't go as planned then Okay, like they'll still be fine. I mean, it's only five games into the season, but also too, if they come out, let's say they come back from Golden State and they're four and one, they're they're going to keep on rolling. I think, I think they they see a lot of this stuff. I mean, a lot of national people have said that the Grizzlies are, might be one to take a step back because of the moves that they made, and I think they see all that. I mean, you know, John Morant sees all that. He he's watching that like a hawk. So I think they had that added chip on their shoulder. Uh, they have, the, you know, they're probably talking about the guys that think that the Grizzlies won't be much better than the Timberwolves or the Pelicans and think take that personally. So 
I do I do like that mentality with the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I kind of compare it to one principle that Brandon Abraham QB are brought up, but also from the famous sitcom Ted Lasso is have a goldfish mentality. You know why, Sean? Memory. Yep, they only have a memory that lasts 10 seconds. So be a goldfish. That, that's uh, that's my ad for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, by the way, we'll talk another time about how it ended. I love Ted Lasso. Yes. I, yeah, it's, it yeah, is what it that, is. That ending, I that just got my blood boiling, man. It, 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 it did, especially with how much you had bought into that specific angle. So for a few other people, I didn't do this with Drew and Joe, but I am going to do it with you. We're going to put you through the Locked On Grizzlies ringer, Parker. Ten questions, lightning round questions. Just the first I, thing that, that – go ahead. I feel special. I mean, yes, you should. Joe are like up here to yeah. me, and I'm like right here. Like mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. I hope this is a little initiation for that. Well, out of respect for them, I didn't want to set them up to where I would ridicule them if I didn't like their answers. With you, I have yeah. no problem ridiculing. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, so ten questions, and here's the Locked On Grizzlies ringer with Parker Fleming. Parker Fleming. Do the Grizzlies get 45 wins this year? Yes. Parker Fleming, does Ja Morant set a new franchise high for single points in a game? Yes. It's yeah. four, oh, yeah. All right. You say he scores more than 47 in a game this year. Wait, hot take. No, Jaron Jackson scores 50. Okay. Okay. My next question was going to be, who has the better chance to get 50? Actually, it's a two-part question. Jaw or Jaron? You say Jaron. Do you think Jaw has a better chance to get 50 points this year or 20 assists in a game this year? 50 points. 50 points. All right, gotcha. Will a Memphis Grizzly hit double-digit threes in a game this season? Jaron Jackson Jr., when he scores 50. All right. The Grizzlies' all-time record for three-pointers in a season as a team, is 811. Do they surpass that number by more than 100 threes, meaning they make 915 threes, which comes out to 11.5 per game? Yes. Uh, push. I'm going to push on that. So my next question was going to be, do they make 1,000 threes? Uh, 12.2 per game. game. I'm going to push. You're going to push. All right, gotcha. Will the Grizzlies lead the league in turnovers this season? Turnovers, like – Caused. Turnovers caused? forced. Yes. yes. Turnovers forced, yeah. Will they be a top seven defense again this season? Yes. Parker Fleming, will Dylan Brooks make an all-defensive team? I say no because all defense is all repetition – or uh, reputation. Understood. Will a Memphis Grizzly be a finalist for an individual player of the year award? Could be MIP, sixth man, defensive player of the year. Will a Memphis Grizzly be a finalist for an individual player of the year award? I think Jaw or Jaren are going to be in the most improved player race. And at the end of the day, will the Grizzlies be in the play-in or will they get that sixth spot come May, come April? Uh, I'm going to say they get seven. They're going to get right at seven. Yeah, I, I agree. 
I agree completely. I think they get 43 wins this year. I do think that they're at seven or eight. Um, to me, the key is that top seven, six defense along with league average shooting the three. Um, you know, I mentioned it before. I feel a thousand threes is a realistic goal this year. And if they can get that, they'll be good. Parker Fleming, you did very well on the first ever Locked On Grizzlies ringer. Parker, what a couple of bold predictions from you this season beyond what we just talked about? And then also, what plans do you have, obviously, host of the Longview podcast, one of the great minds over at GVB when it comes to riding? What can folks expect from you to start the season, obviously, as exciting as it is? Let's see. So how many bold predictions do you want? Two. 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 Let's see. We want to. All right. I think it has to be Grizzlies related, right? Uh, you're... We'll, we'll, we'll actually give you two, a Grizzlies prediction, and then I'll give you two NBA predictions because you already did the ringer. One bold Grizzlies prediction, two bold NBA predictions across the league. All right. So my Grizzlies prediction, it, my bold Grizzlies prediction is that if given the opportunity, DeAnthony Melton will take the guard version of the Pascal, the first Pascal Siakam leap. I think he'll go average about 14 points a game, four, four rebounds four, or five rebounds, four assists, close to two steals a game. I think he flirts with an all-defensive team and really just emerges as one of the bright combo guards in this league and a guy that could eventually become a very, very good role player and a starter on a very good team. So that's my bold Grizzlies prediction. My, I'm going to give one bold NBA prediction. My bold NBA prediction is that we have a first-time MVP here this year. Do you want to guess who it is, Sean? First-time MVP. Uh, let's see. Eastern or Western Conference? Eastern. Zach Levine. Trey Young. I think it's going to be Trey. I think I think Atlanta, they're, they, they're tasted that playoff success, and they have a great – they dominated when Nate, Nate McMillan was the coach. I can foresee a, a scenario where they're like the second or third seed in the East, and Trey Young averages like close to 30 and 10, leading to an MVP. I think he would be the first guard to do it since Steph. That that is a bold prediction. It's not illogical. Like there's plenty of logic behind it. I do think you could see a surprise Eastern Conference MVP candidate if the Celtics exceed expectations. You obviously could see it with Tatum, the Bulls, Levine, obviously the uh, Hawks with the uh, Trey. So I actually like it. I don't like saying he's going to win MVP before Jaw, but let's be honest, he probably has a better opportunity for sure. So yeah. And I'm trying to look at my uh, my NBA predictions real quick here to see. Uh, I don't have any other super bold predictions, but I will say that my other bold NBA prediction, and I saw a few other people say this, so I don't feel like it's as bold, but I think – the net we don't get that Nets and Lakers matchup that everybody is looking for because I think that 
when Jamal Murray returns and it's playoff time, they are just going to be an absolute hurricane. That Murray, Barton, Gordon, Porter Jr., and Jokic lineups just absolutely destroyed people in the limited amount of time they played. And I think if Murray is back to – even if he could be, come back and be like the third option behind Jokic and Porter Jr., and Porter Jr. takes the leap that everybody expects from him, I think they're the best team in the Western Conference, and I think they'll end up facing the Brooklyn Nets in a very short final series. I don't think you're wrong there. I think that when it comes to depth of quality talent, like we're talking about top 100 talents, everybody was talking about the Utah Jazz this year. You could easily see that being Denver, especially if Jamal Murray is healthy. So, so I certainly do agree with you. Parker, where can everybody find your great work? Obviously, this is the latest reason, the latest example of why we love talking with you. Where can folks find your great work? Obviously, GBB, the Longview Podcast. What do you got coming up? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. I know it, the spelling is a little different in my little title there. It's F-L-O-C-K-A. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter. You can typically find me just tweeting a bunch of basketball stuff, but uh, you can find my work over at grizzlybearblues.com. Obviously, I'm going to aim to have a long view podcast every single week, and I'm going to kind of spitball on that. Sometimes I'm going to be talking with people about different stuff going on with the Memphis Grizzlies and how it relates to the long view stuff. I might do some game recaps similar to what I did last year in written form, and I may even have some personalities from – teams that the Grizzlies are facing off that week and just kind of talk to them about what they think of their team's future as well as the Grizzlies' future from an outsider's perspective. And from a written standpoint, I don't really know uh, because I just feel like sometimes I just, I've already written everything that I could have, but I feel like I'll find a new storyline, new angles uh, as a, the game day coverage lead for the Grizzlies expect some stuff where I tried to take some basketball stuff that, they have said in uh, media availabilities and translate it into film work for articles like that. Uh, a latest example of that is how I, I wrote about how the Grizzlies are using a practice four point line to enhance their spacing and what it does for John Morant's uh, heliocentricity, uh, Jaron Jackson's shooting gravity and in the games and uh, off creation improvements for Desmond Payne and Anthony Melton. So that that's about what I have on tap for this season. It's another, I think this is year, year three or four, Sean with us over at GBB together. I got to say, I'm really much, very much looking forward to it. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what kind of content you put out there too. I don't sell yourself short. I think you're one of the the best minds to cover the team as well. Well, I highly appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. I do want to make sure. So you're saying I misspelled your Twitter, Twitter handle. That doesn't, that doesn't follow along with the sterling record of grammatical accuracy that I have <laughs> in our Slack chats. Thankfully, Brandon Abraham's not here to correct me. It's at Paca, F-L-O-C-K-A. My apologies. I, I apologize for that. It's all good. It's all good. But obviously, sure, many of our uh, listeners are already following you. If you're not, make sure you certainly do follow Parker Fleming. He will be back with us, as will Joe, as will Drew. Obviously, you know we love having many from GBB on the show during the season, but make sure you check out Parker Fleming. You're going to be better off for it. Absolutely wonderful perspectives, as always. Parker, if you'll stick with us for just a second after the show, thank you so much for joining us. 
Absolutely, Sean. I really appreciate you having me on and having me on camera. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, of course, you can find me, myself, Sean Coleman, at StatsSEC on Twitter. The show at Locked On Grizzlies. Parker, again, at Paka, P-A-K-A, underscore F-L-O-C-K-A. I'll make sure to spell the Twitter handles right. But you can find the podcast wherever it's available. The Longview Podcast, the great stuff from the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, and also you know on where podcasts are available. Locked On Grizzlies there as well here on YouTube. And also, obviously, grizzlybearblues.com for all the great written work. After making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, both me and Parker play fantasy basketball. Your number one source for fantasy basketball is Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Check him out as well for all the great content when it comes to who to watch to start the season. For Parker, Parker, my name is Sean Coleman. Pleasure being with you. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Enjoy opening night. Go Grizzlies.